Alright, so real quick, uh, I'm not going to recap every single thing we did, uh, but I will just say the whole point of the first two uh, theology proper uh, lessons I taught were focused strictly on uh, little gods, gods of other nations, pagan nations uh, that had great influence on the Israelites and how that has affected us even to today. Um, we still have some of, uh, you know, where archaeologists are uncovering uh, these worship sites and, um, you know, looking exactly at what they did and, and their practices. And ultimately, the whole point of that uh, was to uh, get us a foundation that people, whether they want to believe it or not, create gods, whether it be themselves, right? They're their own moral compass deciding what is right and wrong um, for those that may not even believe in a God uh, to those that have, like the Egyptians, 1,500 plus gods um, for everything under the sun. And then, of course, we went to Athens and, and the unknown God and how Paul uh, talked to them and preached to them and, and taught them uh, how to know the true God. Um, and today we are actually going to discuss uh, revelation. It's called general revelation. Uh, I know that you may have heard that and uh, when Jason taught, um, he may have touched on the second type of revelation, uh, which is specific revelation. That'll be uh, next week. Um, but general revelation, when I studied it, uh, I've come to understand I'm not going to put God in a box. Uh, and you'll understand what I mean when I get to the end. Um, but you also have to understand who God is. And this really um, kind of rooted me in, in just, you know, fear and reverence uh, for God. You know, when it says the, the uh, fear of knowledge is the beginning and, and loving God. And that's just kind of where I want to take us this morning. Um, I put this back up uh, because it's just kind of where we're going. Uh, what makes life worthwhile is having a big enough objective, something which catches our imagination and lays hold of our allegiance. And this, the Christian has in a way that no other person has. For what higher, more exalted, and more compelling goal can there be than to know God? And know God in the Bible, typically uh, the word no in certain references is an intimate relationship. Uh, in Genesis 4.1, um, Adam and Eve kn knew each other and they conceived, so it's an intimate relationship. Uh, and then Paul in Philippians 3, uh, 7 and 8 says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ, and may be found in Him. And the idea here of knowing Him is that relationship. So, you know, I've, I've said it, and maybe you've said it, I know uh, several pastors have said it, you know, and... You know, it might be one of those cliche things that people say, but I, I truly mean it. Um, uh, you know, when somebody says, well, what's your religion? It's like, I'm not in a religion. I'm in a relationship. 
you know, because my relationship with Jesus is more than that. I want to get to know him. I'm not just worshiping him. I want to get to know him closer and deeper every day. Um, you know, and it's tough. I'm not perfect. None of us are. But uh, so I think as we get into general revelation, you have to understand that get to know um, God has revealed himself. Okay. And he wants us to get to know him. And um, hopefully you'll be able to see uh, where we're going uh, with this. So uh, we're going to be talking about general revelation here. Okay, so this is the, the main, main idea. Uh, the main idea here is that God has always made himself known in the beginning. Right? He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. Uh, so man is without excuse. He has revealed himself uh, his existence to mankind. Uh, he has made himself known to everyone, everywhere. Uh, this occurs through natural means, uh, such as the observation of nature, uh, through philosophy, through reasoning, uh, and that can be found in Romans 1.20. Um, but the implied word of revelation is the revealing. You know, He had to reveal himself to us. Um, we would not know him unless he first revealed himself to us. And in doing that, once we realize, you know, that God is there, right, then there's even more revelation. So it's kind of a snowball uh, effect. On our own, we cannot know God. Revelation must be initiative of him. So he has to start it, okay? Um, and he did, right? Um, so revelation must begin with God revealing himself first and Genesis 1-1 in the beginning and then throughout scripture, right? Uh, he reveals himself over and over and over. And then uh, I have some examples here that'll explain um, the difference between general revelation and then set up specific uh, for next week. Um, so uh, turn to Acts 14-17. Uh, we'll begin here uh, because uh, the first thing we need to understand about general revelation is it's general in its scope and reaching of all people. Yeah, so Acts uh, 14, 17. Can I have somebody read that? Because I'm going to actually go to a different reference for us. <laughs> Acts 14, 17. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Okay, so he revealed himself through rain, through the harvest, through fruits, right, of gladness. So that's uh, an inner conscience. So he has revealed himself through nature. He has revealed himself in us of kind of having a conscience, knowing right from wrong, just, just this idea of, oh, Right, uh, and that's kind of what we're implying there. Psalm 19, uh, verses one to four, talks about how uh, his general revelation is general in geography and encompassing the whole earth. Uh, Psalm 19, one to four. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. 
There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun. And the stars, right? The stars every night reveal a creator, a God, right? Uh, the sun rise every morning coming up reveals right? our human bodies and how scientists over the years have realized how complex we are has provided a revelation of a creator, of a God. Okay? Um, so uh, it's general in its scope to reaching all people. It's general in its geography encompassing the whole earth and the creation, and then it's general in its metho methodology, uh, employing universal means and human conscience. Turn to Romans chapter 2, 14 and 15. Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> Romans chapter 2, 14 to 15. <clears throat> For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these, not having the law, are a law to themselves, and that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. So here it's saying that the Gentiles, they're, they're believing right and wrong. They're trying to follow the law, even though they don't have the law. The law wasn't for them. It's instinctive because God has implanted this in their hearts. They have a natural desire, right? And that is why God ultimately goes to the Gentiles. I mean, it's, he wants to save everybody all over the world, right? And he is revealing himself through every single mean possible, in order to have people know him more, to search him deeper and deeper. And the deeper you seek after God, the more he reveals. So those that aren't seeking after God, there is no further revelation because they're not seeking, right? So um, that's going to be one of the hardest things maybe for some of us to understand. Uh, there's a couple things in here that it's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, but ultimately, Jesus even says, you know, my word is going to go forth and not everybody's going to accept it, right? The revelation of God is going to go forth. It has gone forth. Not everybody is going to accept it, right? A teacher once told me uh, right before graduation, we're sitting down and there's like maybe 16 of us in this class um, before graduation. And they said, the hardest thing that you're going to have to do is let a student fail. And we're like, let a student fail. Like, yeah, because you are going to have students, right, in gym class, which just blows my mind, but anyway, that aren't going to pass. They're just going to sit there, not change, not do anything. And you could try everything. And I have tried every, my first uh, year teaching, I tried every strategy in the book. I tried every strategy that I could possibly think of outside the box. And it did not matter. Those students were so determined they were not going to change for gym class, and they were not going to participate. You might know some of these kids in your gym class, right? It didn't matter what I did. They chose to fail gym. Likewise, there are going to be people that will ignore 
the revelations of God. And to us, we have to have a desire to keep going after. Now, did we give up? No, I didn't give up on them, right? They didn't change at all, but I didn't give up on them. But I had to accept the fact that at one point, they're going to fail my class, right? Um, so uh, the same idea can be put here where people are, are, I mean, there's evidence of a God, right? And the more they seek after him and want to get to know him, the more he's going to reveal, right? Uh, and I keep saying that because that is the main idea here, right? Knowing God, okay? Because knowing God then eventually will lead you to specific revelation, which Jesus enters. But you have to understand um, God first in order, you know, that um, because he's the one that sent his son, right? He is the one that is in control of this whole thing, right? Um, so... Uh, and of course, then we get into the Trinity, which I'll touch on later, where all three are one, and then that's really going to be mind-boggling, but um, that's fun. So I might, I might defer on that one. No, no I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll try to. <laughs> all right, so simply, because it is a revelation that affects all people wherever they are, and whenever they have lived, it can bring light and truth to all, or if rejected, it brings condemnation. Okay. All right. So... I'm sure you've heard this before. This is the only example that I, I tried to find other examples, but I just kept going back to this one. Okay. So let's say that you have never seen a watch before. Okay. Um, and you look at this watch right here, right? And you're looking at it and you see the second hand and you see how beautiful it is. You're thinking, well, you know, what is this? It's, it's beautiful. Something or someone had to have created this, right? And then when you take it apart and you start to look at all those components, you're thinking, wow, whoever created this, <laughs> this they're, they're pretty intelligent. Not only are they intelligent, but you can see that they love beauty and they have this craftsmanship, right? So there had to have been a creator. So, you know, the comparison here is, you know, when you see the sunrise, when you see the sunset, when you see the stars in the sky, when the rain falls, when the rainbows appear, right? When, you know, we study the deepest parts of the human body and how crazy it is, there had to have been a creator, right? It's that same concept. Uh, and I always throw this in. If you try to put all those components in a shoebox, right, and shake it, it will never get put together. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care how many times you try to shake that, it will never look like this, <laughs> okay? So to think, and that's the whole creation and, and, you know, Big Bang Theory and all that, it can't happen. There has to be a creator in order to understand, you know, this is what he created, right? So... Uh, it points to him. Uh, I'm going to use a fancy word here uh, because uh, I, 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 uh, I like to sometimes. And this is an apologetic. Okay? Uh, the apologetic is an example of how to kind of prove something, right? Evidence. And this is evidence. Um, this is an evidence of God. But, I mean, obviously he gave somebody the brain, right, and the skill to create that, right? Um, 
But if a tribal person out in the middle of Papua New Guinea, and I'm going to use this a couple times because um, there are still tribes in Papua New Guinea that are, you know, undiscovered. But anyway, if they come across the watch and they see it, I mean, they're going to be like, wait, you know, I don't know what this is, but I'm sure it had a creator, right? Uh, it was designed by some intelligence, right? Uh, they wouldn't suggest that it just all of a sudden accidentally came together, okay? Um, they would have to understand, especially once they start taking it apart. But anyway, that's why the scripture says, and, and I use this in the very beginning, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Um, you know, because later James says, even the demons believe there's a God and they shudder. So even the demons believe there is a God. So somebody that says there is no God, I mean, you know, well, Bible says they're a fool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's God's words, not mine. All right, so uh, as for the conscience, right, the conscience is a little different uh, because that is within us, and that's where God reveals himself to each individual consciously, consciously, um, and it's the internal witness within each of us that affirms or accuses uh, of right and wrong. Uh, and that is how the knowledge of God is evident within them. Uh, in fact, the knowledge is so strong in the conscience that every person will be judged on their response to their conscience, which Romans 2, 14 to 16, uh, obviously uh, covered. Uh, the requirements of the law are written on our hearts, whether we, we realize it or not. Um, so, uh, what we do with that, right, is what God wants us to choose. And that's why he created us. We have a choice to either seek him further or not. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, general revelation, God revealed himself to man through his creation. Uh, we have a God that wants to be known and reveals himself. Creation declares his existence, his glory. Uh, let's see here. I know there was something. Oh, so the heavens, the earth, and all the blessings God has given to man, uh, were given for a purpose of man seeking God. Now the time, the date, the family, the location that you were born and you grew up in was divinely appointed by God. Now, some of us, we can say, had an easier upbringing, and that upbringing may have allowed us to get to know God at an earlier age, or easier, right? Some of us may have had a not-so-wonderful upbringing, and it was a little more testing, a little more trials, right? So the person who always grew up in a Christian home, right, going to Sunday school, going to church, right, it might be easier for them to get to know God Right, could be harder because it's just commonplace, right? Um, but their circumstances are definitely easier, right, than somebody who is in an abusive family who doesn't go to church, you know, has an alcoholic parent, right? That is abusive, whatever. Um, it, the circumstances are different, but ultimately, God is revealing Himself to both of them. And yes, one path may be easier, but ultimately, they all come. To the same point, and that is knowing God. Um, so, you know, one of the things about sharing testimonies, and uh, I think when I taught that about your five-minute testimony, your you know your ten-minute testimony, and then your 
you know, sermon testimony. Um, your story is your story. It's his story. It's how he changed you. Okay. And it doesn't matter how boring you think it is. I'm telling you what, um, I was talking to Joanna about this and I forget exactly what she said, but praise God, you didn't have to go through what other people had to go through. Right. Um, just because you came to church all the time and you didn't go through what somebody like, you know, what Paul went through, praise God for that. Right. He saved you from going through that, that struggle, that trial. Right. But on the other hand, praise God for saving you through that. So no story is ever boring because it ultimately points to God, right? Points to Jesus, right? Um, and please understand that when I say God, uh, I'm trying to, trying to just stick with God the Father, um, but ultimately this does reveal Jesus, okay? So we have to get there. But that's specific revelation. So just, just bear with me, all right? We'll, we'll get there, all right? Um, but this is just, uh, you know, um, let me see here. Uh, God wants mankind to seek him, and he has left his witnesses for us. Uh, God has left his testimony uh, to draw people to himself. Uh, Jeremiah 29.13. You want to turn to Jeremiah 29.13? There's some tough stuff yet to come, but uh, Jeremiah 29.13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with your heart. <laughs> right? Um, people could say they're searching after God, but God knows if they're really seeking Him. Right? Um, and um, that naturally leads to the question. You know, what is man's response? Uh, what if man responds to general revelation? Uh, what will God do? And um, we have to, and uh, I, yeah, I don't, you don't mind changing, so we're going to go to Luke 8 now. Okay? Um, because this parable here kind of explains. <clears throat> I enjoyed studying this again, by the way. <laughs> um, Luke 8, the parable of the sower. Um, when a large crowd was coming together and spoke, that, oh, and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said these things, he would call out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And of course, the disciples question, like, what does this mean? And then Jesus explains it. And we know that in this parable, the, 
seed falls on four different types of soil, but only one is receptive uh, to produce a crop. Now, this is pointing to Jesus and, you know, the gospel. However, the same concept can be given to general revelation. God has revealed himself to us, and we can respond any one of these four ways, right? We can deny it. Uh, we can accept it for a little bit, maybe search it a little bit, but then kind of give up. Um, we can search after it, but then just kind of, you know, maybe have an understanding of it, but then let sin and, and life choke it out and then not keep following it. Um, but then those who are the good soil, it'll fall, God's general revelation will fall on them. They will seek it more, understand more, seek more knowledge, and then eventually produce the harvest and um, and uh, get to know God. Um, <clears throat> it's really hard for me not to, to, to go to Jesus all the time with this. It's very difficult because um, uh, obviously they're one and the same and, and so I'm just hope you understand that. <laughs> that was the hardest part of this, this study. Uh, what else do I want to say? Um, the Bible teaches uh, Luke 8.18 it says so take care of how you listen for whoever has to him more shall be given and whoever does not have even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him this is going to be one of those hard concepts and, and honestly I'm not going to die on a hill trying to defend this you can study it more for yourselves uh, I'm actually still studying this myself, um, but uh, the easiest way to explain this is that um, those that respond, God keeps revealing himself. Obviously, your relationship is growing closer to God. I mean, that makes common sense, right? However, those that he says, um, <coughs> if you don't seek after him, it'll be taken away. It's not that he's giving up. It's just, you're no longer seeking him, so how can he reveal himself to you if you're not seeking after him, right? He's there. He is always there in front of you, right? You just have to be able to see him and want to, to know him and search after him, right? Um, so that is, uh, so let's, let's get, let me give you two examples here that, I thought of, and maybe you can kind of tell me if I'm on the right line here or not. The first, when I was studying this, the first uh, example I thought of was Case for Christ, right? He was an atheist. He did not believe God, right? But yet he went out on his own to prove. And the deeper he studied God's word, the deeper he talked to other people, God was revealing himself to him, whether he, he didn't realize it or not, the deeper, because God's word goes forth, right? He didn't realize God was revealing himself to him and his truths, and the deeper he wanted to know who this Jesus was, the closer he got to God and how God sent his son to save us, he ended up accepting Jesus as a savior, right? That is general revelation. He is wanting to seek God. He's trying to find. Now, it's a roundabout way because he's trying to answer a question and prove something wrong, but God used that, and now, you know, that book and his testimony has um, just 
been a great uh, example for us. Uh, take the, the Gideons, okay? Um, I hear testimonies of how, you know, broken people go on trips, whether it be a business trip or, or they just, you know, leave the house for a night and they go into a hotel room. They're so sad and upset and angry and they happen to open the drawer and there's a Bible and they're, they're searching for something, right? I heard once a drug addict, um, and you know, we can all probably have heard it, but they're searching for something, right? They're searching for what is this void? Why am I like this? They're searching for an answer. They pick up the Bible and they start reading God's word. And through that general revelation, right, God reveals himself more and more in their brokenness. And then ultimately, you know, they realize maybe through a conversation in the past, oh, this Jesus. And they accept Jesus as their Savior. So that general revelation of just reading the scriptures and searching deeper to know, like, what is this? God revealed himself to them more and more. Now, some might take a longer time. Some might be, you know, that instance of, you know, a night in a hotel room, right? Or it might be that research study that takes a year, you know, or however long it took him. So um, hopefully that kind of explains a little bit about general revelation, uh, because that is also leading into the, the specific um, revelation. Now, the concept of taking away is a little more difficult. Um, it's happening throughout the world uh, as people choose not to respond to general re revelation. Uh, Isaiah 6, 8 to 12, God's looking for a missionary to send. Uh, so, of course, Isaiah says, here, here am I, send me. Uh, however, his message to the people he goes to is not of one of salvation. It's actually one of uh, judgment and destruction. Uh, because God is t tired of the Israelites uh, not seeking after him, always going back to the pagan nations. So he said, finally, a judgment's going to come on you instead. Um, so he kind of took the blessings away and, and judged them. And, um, you know, as he preached the revelation of the word of God, uh, it actually hardened them. And they, uh, they chose not to obey it. Uh, in the continued disobedience, God destroyed their cities uh, and exiled them from their land. Uh, Israel was continually exposed to the revelation of God. Uh, they were the nation to receive the Ten Commandments. Uh, God lived among them. He sent them prophets to speak uh, his word. However, they still did not respond. <laughs> right? uh, so therefore, the revelation Isaiah gave was going to have the opposite effect on them. So if we are faithful to God's revelation, he gives more, but if not, he takes away. Uh, that can also be found in Matthew 13, uh, 10 to 12. Uh, and in addition, Romans 118 and 132 uh, speaks of God's wrath being revealed against those who suppress the truth and live in sinful practices. Um, and you can consider Nineveh, right? Um, you know, Jonah went to them and, and he saved them, right? Um, ultimately, they, you know, years later, they were destroyed and, um, for their wickedness. But at that one point, God did save them because they responded. Right? Um, okay. So, two stories 
um, we have in Acts, Acts chapter 10, 1 to 5, the story of Cornelius, and Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 31, is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. Um, let's turn there. Acts chapter uh, 8 and Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> So the stories here, um, the scripture indicates that God would give uh, those who heed God's revelation, eventually leading to the knowledge of salvation. Um, both here are clearly men who are worshiping God, but with inadequate saving revelation. So as the stories progress, God sends an angel telling Cornelius to send for Peter and an angel telling Philip to travel a certain way. So Peter goes to the man's house, preaches to his household, and in response, the whole house was filled with the Spirit and then baptized. Philip obeys, meets the Ethiopian, reading a passage from Isaiah, explains it to him, who in turn believes and is baptized. So looking at this, if you go to uh, eight, um, <clears throat> chapter 8, uh, 26, we'll start with, with that one. Uh, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get off and go south. So God is revealing this, that there's this uh, man, right, Ethiopian eunuch, that uh, you're supposed to go to. Uh, and 29, then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? So the general revelation here is the Ethiopian eunuch reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, trying to search for its meaning. The specific revelation was God sending Philip to him to help explain it to him. And through that specific revelation, what happened? Well, what's that? Yeah, yeah. So verse 30, so do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture he was reading was this. And we know that he believed and was baptized. Okay. Go back to chapter 8. Or uh, I'm sorry, chapter 10. Move over to chapter 10. <clears throat> Go to chapter 10. Right? And we have the story of Cornelius. And likewise, right? Cornelius is... is a, Worshiping God, but he just doesn't have that saving knowledge, right? So, um, uh, in uh, 26, but Peter raised him up saying, stand up, I am just a man. As he talked with him, he entered and found many people assembled. Uh, 28, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him, and yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So God, the general revelation here is that uh, Cornelius is seeking God, but he still doesn't understand what it means to 
what we call be saved. Okay? So he sent, right? <clears throat> uh, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, 30. Cornelius said, Four days ago to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in a shining garment, and he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So he sent. And of course, um, in 34, opening his mouth, Peter said, and he uh, basically preaches, and we know um, that uh, verse 48, and he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to stay for a few more days. So the general revelation was Cornelius trying to seek after God, and then the more specific revelation was the sending of Peter to him to explain in more detail. Okay. Um, so no one can accuse, and this is where uh, it gets a little tricky. Uh, you know, I mentioned about the tribe in Papua New Guinea that is undiscovered. So let's just say right now, you know, they're sitting around a campfire or, or whatever they're, they're doing right now. Um, and God has revealed himself to them. Okay. Uh, he has revealed himself through all the ways that I just mentioned. Nature, right? The seasons, um, their own conscience. Now, if they are seeking after him through studying this, I believe God will continue to send uh, missionaries to them. And that will be the more specific revelation of how the gospel of Jesus is shared. However, if they deny God and they don't believe in God and they're not seeking after God, how can God reveal himself to them if they're not even seeking after him? So one has to be seeking after God in order to have further revelation. Now, can God save them if they're, you know, that's up to him, right? Um, the problem comes when scripture says that no one can be saved but by the blood of Jesus, right? Jesus says, I am the only, the only way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So you can't say that they're going to be saved and then also say that, well, Jesus is the only way. And that is a hard concept to understand. But one of the things here is that we do not deserve eternal life. It was forfeited because of man's sin. Therefore, God is merciful in choosing to reveal himself at all. And he is justified in removing revelation when he chooses or we choose not to respond to it. Some people may say this is not fair. How can God give the gospel to some and not to others if only the gospel can save? What about the tribal person in the forest who has never heard? God is just because he has given us witnesses. And if we respond, he will give more. If not, he takes away the revelation we have. It is only by his mercy that any of us are saved because we're sinners. All we deserve is his wrath. We must understand that general revelation is given in order to lead man to seek God more. We must ask ourselves, as we are seeking God every day, how are we responding to what God is teaching us and showing us? So do you want to know what my bottom point here is that I, I realized about this? Um, that question right there, 
how am I responding to God's revealing to me every day? And um, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. We know that. But how can they know that unless one hears? How can they know that unless one goes? So the whole point of this whole uh, general revelation has pointed to how important missions is. <laughs> right? Um, how important it is to get the gospel out. Right? I have grown to have so much appreciation for missionaries after studying this, and I don't think I ever gave them their, their <coughs> true due, so to speak, um, because of its importance, right? Um, so, it, so general revelation in itself cannot save. It's the specific revelation that saves. It only draws people to them, and if we're faithful... Um, as scripture says, more will be given. Um, Paul has quoted the prophet Joel uh, in saying that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, uh, and that's in Romans 10, 14 to 15. Um, in quoting this, Paul is showing that Jesus is the Lord that all must call on to be saved from our sin. Uh, the context call on just means to express faith, not merely invoke his name. So, in actuality, Paul is showing in part how necessary preaching uh, the gospel is. And that's my, my ultimate conclusion. Uh, I have here as my closing paragraph, so how do we know there's a God? The Bible does not argue for it or give an apologetic treatise because God has revealed himself uh, through revelation. Therefore, general revelation leads man without an excuse for not believing in God. However, it is a form of grace meant to make man seek after God. If man responds to the revelation he has been given, God will give more. But if he denies it, he takes away. Finally, general revelation reminds us of our need to share the gospel since general revelation by itself cannot save. It just leads us to Jesus. All right? And uh, that's where we'll go next time. Um, into specific revelation. Um, now, question is, if that tribe in Papua New Guinea, right, if they are seeking after God and they are trying to follow God, they know right from wrong, right, and they're seeking after him and love him and somehow through faith, right, believe that, that God, right, I'm not going to put God in a box. <laughs> I'm only going by scripture, right? The only, the only way they can be saved is by knowing Jesus. But could God save them? That's up for him to, to decide, not me. Um, if I see them in heaven and they, they do it, then obviously God answered that question. Um, but, you know, this is one of those reasons why some may not believe in God because they would say, well, why would a God do that? Well, God can, because as we look at his characteristics, none of us deserve to be saved to begin with, right? Um, so even those people in Papua New Guinea, they don't deserve to be in heaven unless they know how to get there. And how can they know unless we go and tell them? So that's kind of what I got out of it. So 
I'm not saying I'm going to go. I'm, I don't feel called to go, but I'm definitely going to pray and, and uh, try to have a different influence. Uh, I know we support missionaries. I don't do a very good job of, of uh, knowing them other than reading their newsletters. Um, I don't show my appreciation to them enough, I think. But um, this is definitely uh, eye-opening for, for missions and the importance of it. So, um, I took a lot of time. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to share. All right, so we'll get into specific revelation next time and uh, talk about that. And uh, then we'll move into, I believe, characteristics, which is kind of the names of God. So I'll just do a brief overview of that. And then the final thing I'm going to close with the theology proper and uh, knowing God will be uh, the Trinity. And uh, we'll just cover, cover that a little bit. So probably three more classes. Specific revelation, characteristics of God, which will be the names of God and other things, and then, of course, the Trinity. Okay? Anybody want to close us in prayer this morning?